Hi there, and welcome back to the Prolific Author Podcast. I got to tell you guys about this really funny meme I just saw. It was cracking me up. It's literally just a picture of a dog sitting on kind of a retaining wall looking out over the ocean. And the caption says, what my dog looked like after he ate my philosophy book. <laughs> so the dog has become a philosopher and is staring out over the ocean. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. It made me laugh, so I thought I would share it. So how's everyone doing this week? Um, in terms of my personal update, let's see, I am preparing for the Master Your Story Challenge, which is on September 26th through 30th. If you would like to sign up, you can do so at bit.ly forward slash storymaster1. That is all one word, storymaster, and then the number one. So again, bit.ly forward slash storymaster1. If it takes you more than three months to write your book, if you've been writing it for more than 90 days and you still don't know what the end product is going to look like, you know exactly what's going to happen in the story, how it's going to end, all of that. Um, if you want to write books more quickly but don't have much confidence in your storytelling abilities, if you want to write really epic stories that will stand beside the greats on the shelf, but you feel like your writing sounds a little amateurish or you just don't know if your stories or your characters are compelling enough, you're worried that you might be losing your reader, things like that. If you are blocked in any way, either because you don't know what happens next or because you have too many ideas and don't know which one to go with, if any of those things are true of you, then come join the Master Your Story Challenge, okay? I'm going to give you a good idea about how to get past these things and really master your story even before you start to write it. I will give you alternate ways of crafting your story, okay? It's not pantsing and it's not your typical outlining with a template either, okay? This is stuff that nobody else is really teaching. So if you think you fall into one of these categories and maybe this could be of help to you, then register for the challenge. Once again, it's bit.ly forward slash storymaster1. So I have been busy getting ready for that. I am also now working on my first Dragon Magic book, which I've been writing for a long time and uh, sending my reader list excerpts of it. So I'm glad I'm finally kind of doing the editing and I'm getting ready to get that story out and published. I'm not sure exactly when it will be out. I don't have a date yet, but I am working very intensively on it. So hopefully soon. And finally, I wanted to give you a heads up that I am going to rebrand this podcast, okay? I've been thinking about it for a while and I wasn't sure I really wanted to change the title of it because the title, it does actually work pretty well for what I teach. You know, my audience is always authors, either aspiring authors or authors that already have a few books under their belt. But I am also more focused right now on teaching the storytelling part of things rather than the ads or marketing part. And don't get me wrong, I do teach ads and marketing and I will continue to, but I also believe that the foundation for ads and marketing are telling a stellar story, okay? You can throw as much money as you want at a story if it is not well-written, if it is not hooking that reader hardcore, if it is not transformational both to you as the author, the characters, and the reader, then it doesn't matter how much money you throw at it, it's never going to be as successful as it could be. So with that in mind, I am going to rebrand the podcast. I do have an idea of what the new title is going to be, but I don't have the exact sequence yet. So I know what words are going to be in the title, but I don't know what order I'm going to put them in or, you know, if there's going to be any thes, you know, that sort of thing. So I'm still figuring that out, but it will probably be rebranded in the next, I don't know, month or so. It just depends on how long it takes me to switch everything over. Shouldn't take that long. So um, I'm also going to get new cover art. So you will see a little bit of change to the way this podcast looks in your podcast stream, but that's okay. I think it's a good change and I'm excited to um, get it done. That is pretty much all I have for my personal update. So let's get into um, today's episode. I think this is something that's really important for you to understand um, if you want to be a career author and write stories for a living. So let's dive in. 
Welcome to the Prolific Author Podcast. Let's face it, readers read fiction to feel emotion and be transported and transformed. In this ongoing digital revolution, where online marketing is always in flux, the only way to create a sustainable author business and live off your royalties is to write transformational stories, market at every stage of the author journey, and cultivate a loyal audience of readers. Fortunately, there's never been more opportunity to make a living as a fiction author. Hi, I'm Liesl Hill, USA Today bestselling author and story clarity coach. When I'm not dictating my own stories about dragons, serial killers, and dystopian worlds, I help other authors write their own transformational fiction, position them as bestsellers, and market them like pros. Join me on the podcast where I give writing tips, marketing how-tos, story advice, and interviews with other authors who are in the trenches just like you and making it work. We are prolific authors. Okay, how to write a book like a master storyteller. So maybe, first of all, we should state what it means to be a master storyteller. In a nutshell, to be considered a master storyteller, you need to tell stories that are so cohesive, so deeply moving, that make so much sense, okay? I I mean, conceptually, but also logically, when, you know, the reader is going, oh, yeah, okay, I totally get that. You know, it just makes sense to them what happens. Um, Stories that the reader has a deeply cathartic experience while reading, okay? So this is something that I have uh, (laughs) told a few people and it's, it really is a true story. I am actually more likely when I am reading a book or watching a movie or whatever to cry when the transformation happens than when the tragedy happens. (laughs) I mean, yes, I am a very emotional person. I'm kind of a boob. I cry at the drop of a hat. But, um, and and don't get me wrong, if you have a sad ending where, you know, someone dies of cancer or something and it's well, well done, then of course I can get emotional about that. But very often I will cry earlier than that when nobody else cries because I can see the character transformation and because I can see it and I can recognize it. It's just so deeply moving to me. So um, I tried to think of an example of this back when... Uh, it was actually when the second Lord of the Rings movie came out, Two Towers. My family geeked out about those. Okay, I, I literally grew up with my father uh, sitting by my bed at night as a little kid and telling me stories of Frodo and the Ring. I didn't read them for myself until I was in um, uh, junior high or high school, not too long before the movies came out. But I literally grew up on those stories. And my dad loves them and everyone in my family loves high fantasy. So we totally geeked out about those movies when they were coming out. And... In anticipation for the third movie coming out, there was a behind-the-scenes little, you know, video that was put together, and I think it was on the um, extras of the second DVD. And it was just like a little sneak peek of um, The Return of the King. And I seriously watched that thing like a hundred times. I watched it so many times because I was excited about the third movie coming out. And there was a part when they just showed this one clip, this one frame, and it was Frodo trying to move himself up the mountain. So it was really close in on his face, the camera was, and it was very orange in color because he was on the side of the mountain, which is a volcano. And it just looked like he was using all the strength he had in him to pull himself up the mountain, but he was only going a few inches at a time. And that was all it showed. It was just that one little clip. And I was just absolutely mesmerized by that clip. I mean, it just, it was so compelling to me. And it's because you can see character growth in a clip like that. You can see that he is 
on this journey, that this part of the quest is so hard for him. And he's just using everything he can. And even so, he's not making great progress. Okay. So I remember going, that is such a powerful shot. I love that. Okay. So that's what I mean. I, I, We'll see a transformation and I'll like start crying. And then everyone's looking at me going, why are you crying? That wasn't sad. <laughs> I know I, I, I'm a weirdo and I cry when other people don't, but you know, that's okay. Cause I'm a writer and it's all good. But my point is you want to create such a transformative experience with your story that you, yeah, make your reader cry or at least make them feel some massive emotion. And of course, not all catharsis has to be something that they cry at. I mean, comedy is a form of catharsis. Laughing is. So let's, for the record, state what catharsis is. Really, the dictionary definition, as it were, is just the release of strong emotions. But I'm going to take it a little bit further than that. As a writer, you need to manufacture catharsis for your reader. But it doesn't have to do with just the release of the emotions. You have to build those emotions to begin with. Okay, that is what a story does. We talk about building tension throughout the story from beginning to end. But what you're doing is that you're creating this um, metaphoric experience for the reader in which they feel vicariously what the characters in the story are feeling, okay? So if the character is stressed out, the reader is stressed out, and that stress, that tension should build and build and build and build, and then the cathartic moment, it's released, and that's why we have so much satisfaction in a, in a well-done story, because we feel those emotions, okay? So for example, if we're talking about a thriller, um, say something where uh, you have a good guy, a law enforcement guy against terrorists, okay? The the stress and the heightened emotions are created through danger, through adrenaline, through everything that's happening as the character races against time to stop the terrorists and save his family or his city or whatever the case may be. If you're writing a romance, you start with something that is pretty calm and mundane. I mean, it might be a little bit sad if the character is lonely or just resigned, but what happens there is that the emotions that come through are first that there is just something new going on, it's a little intriguing, and then as they get to know the character, often they don't like each other at first, you know, they go back and forth and you can just feel the sexual tension that's building. Okay. That's how you do it in a romance. And the catharsis is going to be either, you know, depending on the heat level, it could be with a first kiss. It could be with, they get married at the end. It could be with a hookup. But the point is, you know, we're waiting for that moment because we know from the beginning that this is a romance and these two are going to end up together. And we just feel that tension between them building. And then we get the catharsis when, um, in whatever way, shape or form, they end up together at the end. If you're writing a high fantasy, something more along the lines of Lord of the Rings, you have them going through kind of a quest perhaps and the danger builds and things get harder over time and like I said the last part of the quest is going to be the most stressful but the second that they achieve their aims you know take down the dark lord or whatever the case may be that's when we hit the catharsis because we've been waiting for that and with high fantasy we tend to wait for it for a lot more than just one book we tend to wait for seven books or 12 books or 14 books right <laughs> so the longer that it goes and the better you do with your storytelling and building those emotions, the bigger the catharsis. And that is what we're going for with our readers. So to be considered a master storyteller, you have to build catharsis, which means you have to build up the emotions and then release them with your story. Now, from a more practical standpoint, because I know you're going, okay, but how do I do that? I understand I need to do that, but how? Well, um, first of all, what this looks like is the internal arc of the character has to be the framework of the story, okay? And by framework, I mean what the 
entire rest of the story is built around. Okay, the plot needs to be built around that. The setting needs to be built around that. The internal arc has to be the framework. So I've compared this before to building a house. You wouldn't start laying carpet or even hammering in drywall if you haven't framed the house yet, right? It's going to fall apart. The internal arc needs to be your framework so that the story does not collapse in on itself. Um, number two, the external events of the plot, okay? What happens in the plot needs to force your character to deal with their internal issues. That's something that most readers don't pick up on and most writers don't think about, but that really truly is what a story is. It's something that, you know, the character has an internal issue and the, what's happening in their lives is forcing them to deal with that issue. And the reason that this is so powerful when you can do this is because this is how real life is. You know, we can have an internal issue that we just aren't dealing with because we don't have to. It's there and we're aware of it, but we don't have to pay attention to it because it's not absolutely vital that we do so right now. And then something happens and it forces us to pay attention to it. It forces us to either change or, you know, something bad could happen. Okay, so this is what you're manufacturing in the story. And even if the reader doesn't realize you're doing this, which most of them won't, it's completely subconscious on their part, it still rings true to them because they've experienced this in their life, right? This is the way our lives work. And this is the reason we grow and change. We usually have to be forced to grow and change because it's uncomfortable and no one going to do it on their own. <laughs> so this is what we're showing is happening to these characters. Um, number three, the plot drives the internal, as I said, but the internal also has to drive the plot. And how that happens is that the character's internal arc, what their internal beliefs are, many of which are misguided, affects how they react to the plot, okay? If every character that ever was always took the high road, well, the story would be over pretty quickly, right? But it is their misguided beliefs that drive the way that they react to things and that in turn drives the plot. So basically, um, the fourth step is that you just have to have one cohesive story that feeds into itself from both ends, almost like an infinity sign, okay? The end happens as a result of the beginning. The beginning happens as a result of the internal arc. The internal arc is driven forward by the plot. The plot is also affected by the decisions the characters make based on their internal arc. <laughs> I know that sounds complicated, but the point is it just has to weave together perfectly. If you can do that, then you would be considered a master storyteller. So the next question is, why would you want to become a master storyteller? Maybe that sounds like a stupid question because of course we all, sounds great, sounds sexy, we all want to do that, right? But there are plenty of people who do not write stories this way, whose stories are not very well thought out, that are maybe a little bit disjointed, and they do still have some success. So if people are having some success without doing this extra work, then why bother, right? Well, for this, I'm going to relate a scripture to you. This is a scripture that I grew up reading and being taught about. It is in Luke 2, verse 52. It's very simple. It says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And the way that I was always taught to think about that scripture is that these are the kind of the four areas of life in which you should always be trying to improve. Okay, so he increased in wisdom and stature. Wisdom is the intellectual part. You know, he's gaining knowledge. But of course, you also gain wisdom through experience. So he's gaining knowledge, which can be book learning, and he's gaining experience. And stature. Stature is your physical body, your stature. Now, of course, we're not always going to all gain stature vertically for the rest of our lives. <laughs> um, some of us will always be short-waisted, but um, you can always keep your body improving. You can keep it in better physical condition. You can exercise more. You can stretch more. You can make better eating choices, you know, so you're constantly increasing your body's health. Um, and then the second part, he 
increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Okay, so that is talking about the spiritual element and the social element, okay? He increased favor with God because he was cultivating a spiritual relationship with God and with man because he was cultivating social relationships, meaning family, friends, different people in society, acquaintances, all that. So why am I telling you this? Because like I said, these are the areas in which we all need to be striving to improve. So why would you want to become a master storyteller? Well, let's look at these different areas, and I'm actually going to add one, um, which is business. I think it would probably fall under wisdom, but I'm going to talk about it specifically, okay? So in the area of improving physically your stature, why would being a master storyteller help in that area? Well, believe it or not, <laughs> when you write efficiently, it actually is easier on your body, okay? If you can write your story in less time, you're sitting in the chair for a smaller amount of time. And if you are relaxed and confident because you know what you're going to write and you know your story is going to be good when it's done and you have confidence in your ability, you actually hold less tension in your body. You hold less stress about the storytelling and the book writing process in general. And we all know that stress wears on our bodies, okay? So you actually will be healthier um, by learning this kind of thing. And I mean, I'm sure you could argue, well, if it's unhealthy, why do it at all? But that's not the point. If you feel called to write stories and you're going to write them one way or the other, you might as well do something that's going to help it be less stressful. Okay. And so your physical body actually will be improved by becoming a master storyteller. And it's just all about confidence and a lack of stress. Now, the second way that you're supposed to increase is the uh, wisdom, right? Which is intellectual. And I'm going to talk about business. If you learn to become a master storyteller, to do everything I've been talking about in this episode. I, I mean, the result is that you will actually become a greater storyteller, <laughs> okay? Because you will, but more than that, I think you will become a better, you will have a better grasp on human beings, on their motivations, on their personalities, on what makes them tick. And this is something that I always think about. Authors and storytellers actually are very wise when it comes to what makes the world go round, you know, who people are, how they act, why they act that way, because this is our job. We sit around analyzing motivations all the time, right? But we also tend to be kind of introverted, so most people don't realize that about storytellers. This will actually make you better at this sort of thing, which in turn can make you better at your personalities, at your relationships, at your jobs, all of that. So there's one way. I mean, you're definitely gaining wisdom by learning this just in general, you know. In terms of your business, which is also intellectual, you will know how to write a good story that will increase your downloads, your royalties, your fans, all of that, which means that you will have better business acumen when it comes to a fiction writing business, and therefore you will be more prosperous. Okay, the third area was um, increasing in favor with God, or in other words, increasing your spirituality. I genuinely believe that God wants us to help people through our stories. Human beings have been telling stories since the beginning of time, okay? Our brain is wired to look for patterns, to tell ourselves stories, to tell other people's stories, and we learn best through experience. But of course, we can't all experience every experience that every human being has ever had. So of course, there's that famous quote by, I want to say, C.S. Lewis. Okay, well, I just checked, and I don't know if C.S. Lewis said this. I think there's very there's different variations on the same concept, but the one I found is by George R. R. Martin, so different fantasy writer, and it says, a reader has, lives a thousand lives before he dies. The man who never reads lives only one. So my point is, if we are 
wired to tell stories and absorb stories. And we learn to be more godly by experience. But we can't possibly live all of these experiences ourselves in our own lives. Then the only way to do that is through story. And I believe that's what we're meant to do. Okay, so I honestly believe that we can change people and change lives through writing fiction stories. And that is where the spiritual element comes in for me. On a more personal level, you will get more spiritual. If you learn to write this way, you will get more satisfaction and more enjoyment out of writing a story because you will understand the structure of it. You will understand exactly what the transformation is. You will understand exactly what catharsis you are trying to give to the reader. You will be able to do that purposefully. And it's a skill. You know, you will say, this is what I want to convey. And then you will convey it and you will know that you're conveying it. And that gives you more personal satisfaction and more accomplishment as a writer um, by learning how to do it this way. Okay. And so that's the other part of the spirituality. Um, and the fourth and final way is cultivating and gaining favor with your fellow man, right? For purposes of writing fiction, that is with our readers, with our audience, okay? You will be serving your reader so much better if you write really deep, cohesive stories this way. Because with other stories, yeah, they can get a lot of enjoyment out of it. They can like it, but it really is going to be sort of just a surface level thing for them. Something that's good, you know, nothing wrong with that, but also maybe somewhat forgettable. Whereas if you can really give them a deeply emotional and cathartic experience, they will never forget that book again, okay? The kind of books that people have on their shelves, buy the hard copies of, um, rave about on TikTok these days are the ones that gave them deeply emotional experiences. And if that is the book you wanna write, if those are the kinds of stories you want to tell, then that is why you need to learn to write a book like a master storyteller. And I'm going to challenge you to do that. I promise you that if you do all of these things and become a master storyteller, you will write more stories, better stories, get more enjoyment out of writing them, expand your knowledge of people and the world and the way people and the universe actually function. You will be more physically able to write. And if you're like me, I mean, I have about a million story ideas, so I want to be doing this for a good long time. You will grow closer to God and, and grow in your godlike understanding through this process and be truly serving your readers by giving them transformational stories that they truly crave and yearn for. Okay, so let's recap really fast. As someone who feels called to write fiction stories, you should become a master storyteller. And what that means is that you cultivate catharsis by first invoking emotions in your readers and ratcheting them up and up and up as the story goes along, and then providing that transformational moment, which gives the reader a catharsis, okay? In order to do this, it means that your internal arc must be the framework of your story. The external plot events must force your character to deal with the internal. And the plot has to drive the internal while the internal drives the plot back and forth. It needs to be cohesive, a story that feeds into itself from both ends, kind of like an infinity sign, okay? And if you do this, you will grow in every area of your life that it is both possible and desirable to grow in, okay? so. In terms of action steps today, all I'm gonna ask you to do is to decide if you want to be a master storyteller. If this is really just something you're dabbling in and you're not interested in selling a lot of books or making a career off of this and you don't really care if you're transforming your readers, I, I mean, I'm not judging, that's perfectly fine if it's just a hobby to you, okay? But you have to decide what you want and exactly what direction you wanna take this fiction writing thing in, okay? Because there's a lot of space on that continuum, you know, between dabbling and master storyteller. So where do you want to be? 
Are your readers and your fiction business and your own satisfaction in your work worth the extra effort it takes to master your story? If the answer is yes, then I'm once again going to encourage you to join the end of September challenge. It's going to run September 26th through 30th. And we're going to talk about all of this. I'm going to give you some tools to start to master your story and hopefully move you on the continuum a little bit further or maybe a lot further than you are now. Okay. So once again, you can register for that at bit.ly forward slash storymaster one. That's the number one. And it's completely free. It's a free challenge that's going to run five days and it'll be super fun. And we are going to talk about becoming master storytellers. Okay. If you can't tell, this is something I'm very passionate about. So um, I hope you got some value out of this episode. I hope that it gave you a little bit to think about and um, kind of reflect on where you want your own writing to go. So that is all I have for today. I will see you next week. And until then, happy storytelling. Bye. Me again. Before you go, if you found value in this episode, I would love it if you could leave me a review. Reviews are the best way to show your appreciation and help others find this podcast. Be sure to screenshot it, share it on your favorite social media network, and tag me at LK Hill Books. Remember, the world needs your stories. Only you can change someone's heart with your fire-breathing dragons, your mind-blowing mysteries, your epic romances, and your intense thrillers. So join the revolution and be a prolific author.